Girl, I'm off the carbs. So, so everyone, <laughs> pull over. <laughs> Gird your loins. Get ready for me to be even more pleasant than usual. Did you ever see those Snickers commercials where like the guys get hangry and like they turn into like yes. Aretha Franklin or something, and then they eat a Snickers and they're like, "Ooh, such a diva when she doesn't get her way." <laughs> yeah. How does it feel not being on carbs? I don't know. It's been four hours. So. <laughs> oh dear, it's gonna be a long day, and I'm trapped in a little tiny box with him. Hi, Ellen Mars. Hi, Patricia. You guys, welcome to Obsessed with Disappearing. I forgot what we were doing. Thank for a you second. so much for getting the title right. You know, sometimes when you give a promo code, you say TCL. I know. And then listeners text me, and I'm like, to know her is to love her, ladies and gentlemen. What can I say? And she's going carb free. Carbs are brain food, girl. I don't know. It's not going to be good. Never have I ever. <laughs> Gone off a carb. <laughs> you guys, if you want more of these shenanigans, join Ellen and me on the Patreon. We call it the Drama Club. You get three full bonus episodes per month. Plus, you know how we go live on the Instagram every Friday night? We do. So we call that Friday Night Live. We offer that as a podcast to the Patreon Monday mornings. It's really fun times. <laughs> Okay. I can hear your hunger from here. Uh, yeah, every Friday night we go live at 6 o'clock. Join us on the Patreon. We also have a Facebook group, Obsessed with Disappeared Podcast Facebook group. What? Am I not supposed to say that? I don't know. You, you just, look at me. You just I did get a nervous. Mashup. You did like a mashup of all the things we do. You're like, we have a Facebook group on the Patreon with the Instagram and the Friday Night Live. So join us. Listen, you're looking at me with those hungry eyes. I'm a little nervous. I don't feel comfortable. You want to turn on the AC. I can feel it's like percolating. It's like those little little coffee makers that my grandmother used to have. Like, okay. All right, you guys. Disappeared season four, episode eight, Mem- Memory Lane. You okay, it's, girl? Wait, is this really called Memory Lane? You guys, you're going to understand. Just wait. You're going to just wait. It's a play on words. Yeah, you're really going to understand why as we dive into the disappearance of Amber Gerwick. Mother of four, Amber Gerwick vanishes suddenly from her Jackson, Michigan home. My heart just went into my throat. Clues found halfway across the country paint a frightening picture. I saw the video. And I just literally could not breathe. Then, old wounds threatened to tear Amber's family apart. I had been through this once before when my brother disappeared. With him, they found a body. How could we as a family endure a disappearance again? What happens next stuns even the most hardened cops. Every now and then, no matter how many cases you've done, somebody will throw a curveball at you from left field. You guys, it's Thursday, April 12, 2011. We're in Jackson, Michigan, but just for just for a second. Just, just for just for a sec. Just long enough to see the sign of the town, because we're actually gonna go five miles north to a town called you guys, a town with a name that I am not comfortable with. It's called Blackman Township. Yeah, and they say that it's in the Rust Belt. Yeah. I had to Google that. Okay. Do you know what the Rust Belt I is? I only know the Rust Belt because I feel like that was important to the Biden campaign. Okay. Okay. Sure. It's a region of northeastern and midwestern United States that has been experiencing industrial decline starting around 1980. Who knew? You can make up a name for anything these days. We are in this town called Blackman Township. Again, not super comfortable with the name. We meet a woman, Diane Spice. Her name is Diane Spice Girl. Yeah. Whoa, is she a Spice Girl? Not your best. No. 
No. <laughs> Just because you think it doesn't yeah. mean you have to say it. Okay, but the phone rings. It's 7.30 a.m. at Aunt Diane's house, and her niece, Amber, Amber's work calls the aunt to say, Amber hasn't been at work in two days. Two days. That was uh, Amber's boss telling me that she had not been to work for two days. 32-year-old Amber Gerwick works as an administrative assistant at a local consulting firm. Amber worked for a company that contracted with Homeland Security. She enjoyed her job. She had just gotten a promotion and was really happy about that. Amber is 32 years old. She's an administrative assistant at a local consulting <laughs> firm. Props to them for not calling her a secretary. <laughs> I was like, way to go, ID. Yeah, and I mean, we learned this becomes kind of important down the road. Her company handles contracts with the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, That was a mouthful. (laughs) For you, it was. (laughs) So listen, we learned that, like, Amber really liked her job, right? So it's not like she's just, like, bailing and, like, you know, like, hates her job, isn't showing up. She had just gotten a promotion. She's super happy about it. She's going to get her own office. She's moving from a cubicle into an office. Oh, we're moving on up. To the east side. And she has four kids. No, 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 no. She has four fucking kids. This woman has four fucking kids. Oh, my God. You know what I'm going to say. There's too many kids. It's too many kids. <laughs> Not only that, we find out, I'm feeling, she's feeling real squeaky tonight. Yeah, yeah, you are she, real squeaky. She's feeling real squeaky. <laughs> We find out that not only does she have four fucking kids, she lives in a one-bedroom apartment. Like, where do they all sleep? I mean, maybe it's just one big slumber party. Okay. I don't know. Sure. You know, close family. Nobody's that close. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so we meet Papa Dale, who's Amber's father, and he explains to us that it was super unusual behavior for her to miss work. And, you know, everybody says that. Yeah. I want to meet the people that are like, that's not unusual. Right. They're like, yeah, he kind of just, you know, he came and went as he pleased. He showed up whenever he felt like it. Yeah, Uh, I really have no time for that. And I think we covered this in one of the Snapped episodes. Even if you and I have worked together for 65 years, you've shown up early and you stayed late. That one day you're late, I'm turning your ass into the boss. Yeah. You, I have no time or patience for that. (laughs) It was just really usual. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Diane decides to check in on her. But she's greeted by nothing but a cold silence. I knocked on the door pretty loudly, as loud as I could. I pounded on it for a few minutes, and I listened in to see if I could hear any sounds. But there was nothing. So Aunt Diane goes to her house to check on her. And Christopher tells us after knocking on the door, Aunt Diane is greeted with nothing but cold silence. (laughs) And I... Christopher is there. I just imagine her opening the door and going, hello. And then just like snow blowing in her face for no reason. Just like, shh. I'm like, well, that was a, that silence was oddly cold. Oddly cold silence. Christopher, girl. But then we learn that Aunt Diane calls Amber's mother to break the news. And I was like, what is going on in this family that the aunt gets the call before the actual parent? I know. I was thinking that. That must have been her case of 
of emergency person. Yeah, because we learned that like Amber's parents live in Georgia right. and Amber lives like five minutes away from her aunt. We don't really know why. Yeah. So yeah, her mom and dad live in Georgia. The mom says that they stay in touch, like they live really far away from each other, but they stay in touch with like their regular phone calls. They talk all the time. And they had just talked two days earlier. Amber had told her mother that her children were leaving the one bedroom apartment for the weekend to go stay with their dad. And Amber, we also had learned, was like in school. So she was planning on studying all weekend. That was her plan. And like had made no mention that she was going anywhere. So it's very unusual for her to not have been at work for the last two days. Right. So Mama Jackie and Aunt Diane just all kind of like call her number over and over again. And then they file a missing persons report. And this goes from zero to Breckenridge real, real (laughs) fast. Well, the next step was, of course, going to her apartment and searching. We felt it was important to check and make sure that she wasn't physically injured and laying in the apartment or worse. Within the hour, patrol officers arrive at Amber's apartment. But Amber is nowhere to be found. They wanted to make sure that, like, something bad hadn't happened to her inside the apartment. To which I said, this is going to be what happens to Ellen. Like, <laughs> Ellen is going to fall down the stairs. She's going to be alone. Your cat's going to be eating her dead, rotting face. And I'm going to have to find your body. As if dragging that goddamn Helix mattress up your stairs wasn't enough. I got to pull your cat off your face? Which is why every single person will know when and if I go missing. Because this is the plus to being absolutely insufferable on social media. <laughs> You don't hear from me for two days. (laughs) Bitch is gone. Yeah, that's true. There will be cops at my house. So I have, it it is not me being, you know, a crazy person. Yeah. That's that's planning. That's true. That's called a plan, and I've got one. Yeah, true. Okay? Everyone back up off my Instagram. But you are also insufferable. Just, you know what I mean? It, like, may be a plan, but the other thing is also true, too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Say more. (laughs) Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. You're hard to be around. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Yeah. What else? You are, a, you You can kill a joke faster than that cat's going to eat your face off your body. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. One more then. Leading the investigation is veteran detective Robert Schrock. As we entered, we made contact with the patrol officers that were on scene. At first glance, nothing appears out of the ordinary. There was no sign of awe like a struggle or altercation. The apartment wasn't in any type of disarray. There was food in the fridge. She also didn't appear to have packed any clothes. All indicators that she probably wasn't going somewhere for long. This is where Detective Robert Schrock shows up. I just like saying his name, Detective Schrock. And he's just saying, he searches the house and he's like, there doesn't appear to have been any sort of altercation or struggle. There's food in the fridge, they like to point out. Yeah. Like, and they have like a nice shot of opening the refrigerator. And it's, they're like, ooh, I got an idea. Put the camera inside the fridge. <laughs> Super artsy. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. way. This episode, by the way, was so chaotic. I shot it. Really, you know, after seeing all these episodes, uh-huh. like you know, we had like the April Pitzer that looked like Quentin Tarantino totally. had stopped by to do a really quick episode. Totally. This episode is chaos. Like there is so much flashing and back and I know. forth, and like it was for sure a director fresh out of film school. And yeah. He's like, put a camera inside the refrigerator, <laughs> so when we open it, we get that really cool. Like, who who gives a fuck? There I know. Was food in the refrigerator. I know. Great. Why are, we, we believe you. Why are All you, you got to do is tell us. Yeah, they're 
forcing us to give a fuck. <laughs> they're shoving the fuck down our throats. Yeah, they're shoving the fuck down our yeah, throats. Yeah, yeah, because they want us to give it. Give a fuck. So they're thinking like nothing is really, like nothing at the house is really like, you know, peaking their spidey senses. But then the detective sees her purse by the door and says the only thing missing from her purse was her wallet and her car keys. Just the two most important things. I know. No big one. And the car is also gone. The evidence found in the apartment leads police to believe that Amber had left willingly until Detective Schrock reaches the bedroom at the end of the hall. As I walked into the bedroom, I located a cell phone sitting on the bed, and the cell phone was still on. They also find her cell phone in the apartment. So the detectives are like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, if you're going to leave, you're going to take your phone. If you're going to take your wallet and your kid, like, the scene doesn't yeah. make any sense to them. Yeah. It also should be said that it looked like she left while she was in the middle of studying. Like, her laptop was open. Her books were there. It genuinely just looked like she, like, went to the bathroom and, like, kept walking. Yeah. Like, everything and, like, was normal. And they make the point that it looks like she left willingly. It doesn't look like she was, like, forced out of there. Right. So the scene is like super weird. So at this point they're exhausting all the options, right? They're like did someone break in and kidnap her? Did she leave on her own? Yeah. She definitely didn't want to be contacted if she left on her own, which is why she left her phone and they're just kind of weighing all these options. And then of course they say the thing that everybody always says, well she definitely wouldn't have left on purpose because she wouldn't have left her children. Yeah. And I just, I said, well that was said like somebody who hasn't just spent a year in quarantine with their kids. Yeah. There are days I look at Stephen Daisy and think, I could bury cash all over this country and get the fuck out of here if I yeah. have to. Yeah, I have seen enough to know I've seen enough. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm good. Yeah. I feel like after 2020, no show where somebody goes missing can they ever say with certainty that she wouldn't leave her kids. Because guess what, y'all? This year taught us all a lot about ourselves. And a lot of it wasn't real pretty. Okay. So then Papa Dale says, you know, maybe it had something to do with her job. So, maybe she knew, like, too much information about something. So this is where I was saying that, like, her job working for a company that deals with the Department of Homeland Security becomes important because we hear we hear the mother say, though we don't see her say, I mean, maybe she was taken by a terrorist. Yeah. And I thought, we didn't see her say that because it's ridiculous. Yeah. Maybe she was taken by a terrorist. Yeah. It shaking was- her head. Like, by a terrorist? They were like... This episode doesn't go very, very far very much. Could we add to the drama? Could we just, like, throw in some, you know, just, just like, crazy words. You know, like, just say terrorist. A terrorist. Yeah. Like, like, uh, it also just has, like, underpinnings of racism. Like, what does a terrorist look like in this woman's mind? You know what I mean? Like, taken by a She's the office assistant, and she was kidnapped by a terrorist. She was just like, she, like, answered the phones. Sweet girl. When Detective Schrock returns to the station, He enters Amber into the National Crime Information Center, or NCIC. The system will raise a red flag if Amber or her vehicle appear on police radar for any reason. So they enter her into the missing persons database. Now, again, their parents are in Georgia, and they get a call about three hours later that the car was abandoned in Tunnel Hill, Georgia. Now, that's 600 miles away from where Amber currently lives, and the car was found in a parking lot and apparently had been there for, like, two days, and they, I guess, then realized it was abandoned. But can I just say, 
say something about the way these episodes are made. Because, like, this whole car revelation moment is centered, like, right before a commercial and then right after a commercial break, Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm like, they make the point that, like, the car was found 600 miles from where she currently lives. But I was like, in Georgia, though, right? Are you going to tell us how close it was to her fucking parents' house? I feel like that's important information. And so they come back from the commercial and then they immediately tell us that. And I was like, oh. Well, well, A, there goes that joke. (laughs) And B, then they tell us that the car was... like, it's 30 miles from her parents' house and was found in the in the parking lot of, like, one of those Dollar General stores. Right. And then I was like, well, there's no mystery here. Because I know I make a podcast with a woman who would legitimately drive 600 miles to save $4. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> have you ever been to a Dollar General? I feel like, how are you not managing a Dollar General somewhere <laughs> right now? I've, like, with the discount, it's probably, you gotta, they pay you, girl. I am frugal, yeah. not cheap. Oh, no one called you cheap? Yeah. Okay, I don't mind going to a Dollar General. If I can find something for a dollar, why would I pay more for it? Somewhere else. Okay? You you pre-had this argument in a mirror with me, didn't you? Didn't you? You knew this line of joking was coming, and you came prepared. No, I did not. <laughs> Do you go to a Dollar General? I have nothing against a Dollar General. I was just saying that, like, well, she drove 600 miles to save a buck. I know that's within the realm of possibility because I know somebody who would do that. Okay. (laughs) You're a doorknob. (laughs) He's off carbs for two minutes. I know. And suddenly you're like... (laughs) Harry Styles over there. (laughs) Oh, skinny I am. So the case is moved down to Georgia, and it's handed to Detective Eric Burnett. Of the... (laughs) The GBI. So listen, what the fuck is going on in Georgia? How many times has the GBI come onto this show? If someone told me they wanted to take a vacation or move to Georgia, I would say... Fuck no the fuck. No fucking we fucking aren't. What is going on in Georgia? If you guys don't remember, the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, is the office that handled the Tara Grinstead case. And the Christy Cornwall case. Yeah. We've had so many things happen in Georgia. The fuck is going on in I Georgia? I know, but I'm just, my big joke in this moment was the GBI is here, let the slut shaming begin. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not good for much else. They wear those funny hats. Why do they wear those funny hats? You know those hats, guys? They wear the, it's like a fed- Dora? Why are you wearing a fedora? You look like a woman on circa 2016 on Instagram with those fedoras. Wow! Why are they wearing those hats? I don't know. I don't pick the costumes. You know what I mean? Detective Burnett invites the Seegers down to the station to discuss some new developments in the case. I met with uh, Miss Gerwick's parents the first time at my office, the sheriff's office. Asked them about their daughter, what kind of person she was kind of friends he has. I told them what we'd found in the car. They have the family come down to the station for questions, and they explain how they found the vehicle. There was no sign of a struggle. Yeah. And they found her wallet in the car. There's no money in the right, wallet. It was just a debit card, but also her keys are locked in the car, which I think is really important. And, like, locked in the car. Yeah. So, like, she got out of the car, did whatever she did, came back, and, like, locked her keys in the car. Right, and we know that she did that because they found a receipt yeah. from the Dollar General. And then Christopher tells us, that whoever was driving the car must have been a customer at the store. <laughs> I was like, hold <laughs> up a second. 
You found a receipt from the store which led you to conclude that someone had been in that store. Right. And because the receipt was from that store and the receipt had items that you were able to deduce that the items were from the store that the receipt was from, that the purchase was made from that store. You're even confusing yourself with your own joke. <laughs> just saying. Thank you, Christopher. Hey, like, we get a lot of stupidity spewed at us in this whole section because they're saying that, A, they find this receipt from the Dollar General and it's itemized, but they don't show us what she bought. So, like, that's a number one. I want to know what she fucking bought. Like, she buy you're a tent? Just, no, you're just nosy. I you really are inherently nosy. I am super nosy. Like, why do you, No, that is You don't pertinent. think that what she bought, you don't think that's pertinent to knowing what, she what became of her? She probably bought snacks and a couple LaCroix. <laughs> but like, you don't think that would give us any indication as to why she was there? Anyway, that's just point one. Number two, this guy, Detective Eric, is telling us that like, once they found the receipt in the car, he goes, we ran over all the different scenarios of what could have happened to her, but the more we did that, the more confused we got. <laughs> I was like, you guys, he literally said Same. <laughs> Same. I went, girl, is this your first day? And then he goes, was she running from somebody? Did somebody do something to her? And I was like, he goes, these are the questions we need answered. And I was like, I know. That's, 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 you're the genius. That's, 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 you got one job. I know. To figure that shit out. Our job is to laugh about it. Your job is to figure it out. Based on the receipt, we knew the time and the date of where to look. We wanted to see exactly who was in that store. We went to the college in the store and met with the manager at the store to watch the video. Detective Burnett cues the footage up to Sunday, April 10th, at 8.04 a.m. The time stamped on the receipt. What it reveals will turn the investigation on its head. So we're at Sunday, April 4th at 8.04 a.m. We're looking at the surveillance of the Dollar General, right? Well, and because the, the idea, like, I think the parents are kind of thinking, there's no way it's her. Like, there's no way it's going to be her on the street. Like, somebody obviously, like, stole her car and then went shopping at the Dollar General, left the receipt in the car along with the keys, and then got out of town. Yeah, and in a shocking turn of events, <laughs> that's not what happened. <laughs> She's got that whole place to herself. Not a lot of people shopping at the Dollar General in that part of town. Well, it was 8.04 a.m. when people are, like, camped out waiting for it to open. Like, it's the goddamn opening of Top Shop on Fifth Avenue. No. It's just the Dollar General. You know? People come and get their, like, Nilla wafers for discounted prices. I gotta say, though, seeing a store that empty, like, whenever... It's like going to, like, a Whole Foods in the suburbs where you can, like, walk down the aisles with your arms spread. Whereas in New York, you have to, like, wait in line to get to the sushi. Yeah. You know do, what I mean? Do you know what I do in empty stores? I'm afraid to find out. I stand on the cart and I like slide on them. Like I, you know, like I go like, <laughs> and then I slide on them. <laughs> Don't you do that? No, no, because you know what would happen? The one time I did that, the cart would flip over on top of me. Somebody, probably you, would get the security video and I would never hear the end of it. Oh, that would be so good. (laughs) You see her come in. She walks around. She picks up her items. She stops at the checkout. Guy comes to check her out. She kind of says hello to him. She picks up a chapstick or something right there by the cash register, pays for her stuff. And she turned to the left and she just disappeared. 
So the family is like watching this video and the family cannot believe it. They're like, yeah, that's fucking Amber. 30 miles from our house. And then she goes missing and they're like convinced that she was taken against her will. But the cops are like, sis, no one's following her. Yeah, she's strolling. She is strolling about. She's window shopping. She's aisle shopping. She is nowhere in a hurry. She seems totally with it. She looks up at the camera at one point. The mom's like, is that a sign? Yeah. (laughs) Family, they all can't be signed. Like I know. Not everything is a sign. You I know, know what I mean? I know. And it should be noted that there's no surveillance in the parking lot. Yeah. So once she does leave the Dollar General, we really don't know what happens after that. Yeah. That seems like poor planning. I just feel like all the bad shit happens in the parking lot. You know what I mean? Always. Can we get one camera on a parking lot? That's all. Yeah. Like, that would literally have solved this entire mystery. <laughs> So we're back at April 14th, 2011. This was the day after she went missing. Everyone is basically scratching their heads. Papa Dale decides he's kind of going to Fred Murray it and yeah. take, <laughs> take it into his own hands. So he he goes down to that Dollar General to the place where she was last seen, and he just kind of starts to wander around. I had to walk up and down the aisles. I know that I'm not going to find her there, but I know that That's where she was. And I walked up and down these same aisles. I'm in the aisle where they have the lotions and the shampoos and the stuff, and I walk up and down that. And while I'm walking, I'm thinking, Amber, what's happened to you? The dad doesn't waste too much time with the store, you guys, because next to the store, there's this, like, big fucking field full of, like, briars and words I don't even know. And then a swamp that they call putrid. Yeah. The dad decides he's going to search it all. The dad does his own grid search of this patch of land and the swamp. Yeah. And then what happens? He cuts his legs all up and he gets all bloody. Yeah, and what happens? He doesn't fight anything. (laughs) I know I bring this up all the time, but it truly never ceases to amaze me how much ID just does not give a shit. Like, like the the shits are there to be given. And they're like, nah, I don't want any of that. They're like, oh, this guy cut his leg. What do we want to do? They're like, I don't know, just like take some lipstick and like put it up and down his legs. That doesn't look realistic. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Is that what they did? Yeah, it was so bad. And it was like, it was like, he was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really gross. Like, we see this reenactment actor with, like, fake blood down his legs. And my only question was, were the Bigfoots in the swamp, were they helpful? Like, when they, when you see the Bigfoot, were you like, which, Bigfoot, which way did they go, girl? Did you see her? I do not have high tolerance for minimal effort, ID. It is just you're really grading on the last. What season are we on? <laughs> We're on season four. We got a ways to go. I mean, it just doesn't get better. I know. <laughs> the first official step for the Bureau is to mount an extensive search throughout Tunnel Hill. We organized a search with about 30 emergency personnel. The area around the Dollar General store is extremely rural. And it's hilly, if not mountainous. We wanted to make sure that she wasn't in the woods, and we also had some individuals search the swampy area behind the Dollar General itself. They also described the area around the Dollar General as rural. Oh, I know! I know. <laughs> That's my favorite word. Rural. Rural. Yeah, because like the dad does a grid search, talks to the Bigfoot, gets his legs all cut up, and the, the special agents are like, you know what? We're going to go do that too. So they go down to the putrid swamp. They call it putrid. Which, by the way, like we see images of it, and I don't know if it's the actual swamp or not. It looks disgusting. Yeah. And why does anybody like that is my other question. I don't think they do. Okay. <laughs> 
just, I don't know. Let's go down to the bayou. How about find the hashtag out. clean up the swamps? We can make it all real pretty. Then you kill the alligators. Oh, I'm fine with that. Now, look, I know that we're not supposed to be mean to animals, and I totally agree with that. But if we got rid of the alligators and the sharks, I'm, I'm okay with all that. Do you read? <laughs> like, anything? Yeah. Just, at, like, do you consume um, any information that... <laughs> Why? What am I missing about the alligators and the sharks? If we lose one animal that throws off the circle of life, we can't even lose bees. (laughs) You know, bees bees are really helpful. Yeah. Everything has a purpose. Okay. Everything has its season. <laughs> Do you know it's that a Daisy? very popular song made very popular by the 1994. Day by day. It's the song. Day by day. Do you think anyone's still listening? No. <laughs> Guess what, you guys? Now we got to take it down a little bit because we got to find out. This is not the first time this family's been through a fucking oh, disappearance. my what gosh. The fu- when, do you think when ID called the family and they're like, we would like to cover the disappearance that happened in your family on an episode, they had to say which one? I had been through this once before when my brother disappeared. It was winter. It was in January. And he tried to go to this party and he got lost and got stuck in the snow. We didn't know where he was for two years. We learned that Mama Jackie, who's Amber's mom, and Aunt Diane, like their sisters, their brother, you guys, this is bananas. Their brother, however many years ago, we don't even know however many years ago it was, had decided to go to a party? I guess he was walking there? And like, he never showed up at the party and two years went by before they ever found out what happened to him. It was winter and he had gotten lost and he died of hypothermia. But like, where? Was he walking through the fucking forest to get to the party? That, I, mean, I just wrote, I just wrote this poor family. I know. But two years. Like, I know. How was it that they actually found the body then two years later? I needed 800 more minutes. What I don't need is the second search of the Putrid Swamp. Yeah. Give me eight minutes of this. What the fuck happened to this guy? So the family's been through this before. And they're saying like, you know, here we fucking go again. Like, would our family be able to withstand a second, quote, I long-term mean, disappearance? That is so, oh it is my so God. wild. So this family puts up posters, and they put up posters specifically with her tattoos. Amber loved angels. Um, yeah. She always had, she collected, like, angel figurines. It was sort of like a little, you know, magical thing in her family. So they put up pictures. I thought it was really smart of them to put up pictures of her tattoos. Uh, sure, but then, like, of course we had to get Mama Jackie being like, I really didn't like it that she got and it's like, can everyone fucking lay off your adult children doing whatever the fuck they want with their bodies? <laughs> I literally have the note, ugh, 10 minutes about how much she loves angels. Ugh, <laughs> boring. Can we cue the Robbie Williams song? <laughs> and through it, oh, she offers me protection. That's Ew. His, that's his famous song, Angels. Oh my God. I'm loving angels instead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you see how I'm caressing yeah, the microphone? Oh my God. So we're at April 27th, and we find out that the disappearance of Amber takes a backseat to a series of F4 tornadoes in the South. What does F4 mean? Do you know? Fucking scary. Right. Times four. <laughs> Northeast Alabama and Northwest Georgia and Southeastern Tennessee got hammered with a series of F4 tornadoes. We had to divert ourselves from the investigation to focus on rescue efforts. It was a a pretty trying time for everybody in the Northwest Georgia region. 
Can you imagine your kid is missing and everyone is looking and then all of a sudden there's like a series of tornadoes and then nobody's looking? Because they're saying that like the GBI and all the local authorities, like they've got to rescue and like save people. I know. And so like that's where all the resources have to go and like the family is really sad, but of course they understand. And then we're at Wednesday, May 4th, 2011. It's 1.30 p.m. And the agent from the GBI calls the parents down to the station basically to break the news of like, guys, we've been looking and looking and looking. We even went into that swamp and talked to the Bigfoots. <laughs> and there's no, we don't know where else to look, girl, is what they say to the mom. That's what they say to the mom. I then know. they get the dad alone in a room. It's a little bit different. During that meeting with him, he said something to me. Somebody had made the accusation that I knew where Amber was and I was helping her to stay hidden. And so they say very specifically that they want to question them separately. Yeah. You should say that. That's like that's like very intentional. So uh, can you imagine that's like Steve and me and I'm like, where are you t- where what do you know? Yeah. What do you know? Yeah. So they were like to the mom, they're like, listen, we've got no more leads. <laughs> we don't know. know where to go. We I don't know. know what else we can do. And they sit the dad down and they're like, Right. <laughs> we hear you know where the fuck she is. Yeah. She's hiding out. And like this sweet man. I know. He's like bawling his eyes out. He's I know. like, I know nothing. He's so upset. He's denying it. And I just imagine like Jerry from the GBI being like, all right, fine. <laughs> right. Like they were just fucking with him the whole time. They were like, I know. But like also if he did know where she was and he was helping her stay hidden, like she's an adult. Like they're allowed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. It was just all so weird. I feel like they were like, well, let's just try the dad and see if the dad knows something. And then they crack this poor grieving man open. And they're I like, know. all right, now, how dare you, sir? So now we're at May 4th, 2011, 5.15 p.m., real specific. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be like May. It'll just say like the year, yeah. 20, 2014. We don't fucking know what it is. Know. You decide. I don't know. Maybe it was summer. <laughs> I don't know. Summer. It was a warm month, maybe. It was a month that ended in Y. But I don't this time know. they got the time. Like, we got a timestamp. May 4th. 2011, 5.15 p.m. The agents who, like, just a couple hours ago were like, we know you know where she is and we're throwing your ass in jail. <laughs> yeah. Call the family to be like, is everybody sitting down? It was Special Agent Sims. I recognized the phone number and I said, yeah, Special Agent. He says, they've located a woman in Joliet, Illinois, who matches Amber's description that has amnesia. And they were like, also... This woman has a tattoo of an angel on her back. So a Jane Doe was found in Juliet. It was broadcast. It's Juliet. It's Juliet, Illinois. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Why are you looking at me like that's where you fucking grew up? (laughs) The disdain in your face right now? Uh I got time for a lot in an average day. What I don't have time for is that face or your shit right now. You should see the way he's like, now that we're in person, I I see all the shade. What, do you got a fucking umbrella over there? Sit down. (laughs) Can I finish talking? Sure. Can you say the name of the town, right? Joliet. Oh, thank you. And they broadcast it all over the media. And I mean, this is this is this is the way these things happen. Someone remembered seeing her pic. I'm sorry. Remember how this one's over here snorting in the corner, inhaling all the goddamn oxygen in this booth. What's happening? What? What the fuck? What? It is your level of rage. Is like always what I'm going for. You know what I mean? I don't. What do you mean? And you give it right to me every time. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. I'm so good at this. At 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 at, at pissing me off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
So I'll finish it because you are not capable of doing this. So they, they, this poor woman who had the angel tattoo, they're saying like, it looks like her, it looks like her. Then they send the family a picture and the dad is like, I mean, that's definitely her, but she's like dead in the eyes. Aww. And they're like, she looks really sad. And so the dad's like, that's definitely her, but like something is definitely not right. But Dale notices something strange in the photograph. I'm looking at Amber's picture and I know it's Amber but I'm looking into a face that isn't right. She just didn't look right. Her eyes were empty, and I didn't see Amber's personality shining back at me. And I'm like, yeah, she's got amnesia. They just told you. This lady doesn't even know what a fucking camera is, and they're shoving it in her face to send a picture to you. I didn't know I was allowed to keep talking. So they hear this news of this woman with amnesia in Joliet. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And they drive outside to get Amber. You know, this happens in every episode. Somebody drives all night. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. And does it? how do you feel about me singing it every time? I love it. I love your voice. Did I ever tell about the time? Do not backpedal. No. Do not backpedal. Did I ever tell about the time I came to see you in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and you were going on as one of the divas, and you opened the show Mm -hmm. with It's Raining Men? I had never seen you on Broadway before. Before I had even, like, you couldn't see you. You just hear you opening the show, and they fly you in. Yeah. I was so hysterically sobbing. I couldn't watch the first five minutes because I was so proud of you. Aww. I was was crying so hard, the lady next to me asked me if I was okay. Aww, that's... (laughs) Sweet. Wait, give us the opening lines. Humidity's rising. (laughs) Barometer's getting low. (laughs) According to all sources. I used to think it was according to all sauces. Because the way they say it on the album. And I was like, oh, it's sources. That actually makes so much more sense. Paul Schaefer wrote that song. According to all sauces. (laughs) The honey mustard, the ranch. Yeah, the ranch, the chipotle aioli. The Thousand Island. Fuck fuck Thousand Island. (laughs) You know what I'm going to say. What's Thousand Island? What is it? A little bitch! So the family gets in the car. They drive down to see her. And we're told that, like, you know, she doesn't remember being married. She doesn't remember having kids. Amber is suffering from one of the most complex and puzzling conditions in medicine. Transient global amnesia. She didn't remember being married. She didn't remember having children. She just forgotten her life. Dr. Lucy at Silver Cross put it this way. 99.99% of the doctors in this country will go through their entire career and will never see this type of amnesia, ever. The dad says... Can I get some of that? (laughs) What? Can I just get a little bit of... (laughs) Just like, I don't want... She had transient global amnesia. I don't need it to be global. (laughs) Right. I couldn't... Something a yeah. little more specific, a little more local, like yeah, just a like little a more local, local amnesia. Yeah, totally. Like if you could just black out, like you know, like O two to like two thousand eleven, yeah, and then everything else will be like great. That would be great. The other option is you could make better choices. <laughs> yeah, but what kind of fun is that? <laughs> 
So the dad tells us that the doctor tells him that like 99.999% of doctors will go their entire careers and never encounter a case like this. Yeah, and they say that they walk in the door, they finally arrive to the hospital and she was holding like a little comfort uh, thing, like a little yeah. stuffed animal that they had given her in the hospital. And I get chills even saying this. Her parents walk in and she clutched the stuffed animal and she just like looks at them yeah. and says, I don't know you. And she just starts bawling. And all I can think of is how do I do that? Because <laughs> I would love to look at you yeah, and yeah, have yeah. absolutely no recognition. But for Amber, the reunion is a frightening realization of just how much she had lost. They terrified me because I didn't know them. It was devastating not knowing who your parents are. Worse than not knowing who you are. These are the people who raised me. I remembered them the way they were when I was little, but I didn't know who they were at that moment. She's fucking here! Yeah, Amber's she's here! here. <laughs> you guys, like, this has, not since the Tanya Ryder episode have I, like, gay gasped and stood up in my seat. Amber is fucking here, yeah. and she's, like, looking at us, and she's just saying, like, she says her parents terrified her. I mean, I was actually thinking about this. If this were me and Steve, right, and we were, like, we were told that, like, she's got amnesia, she's probably not gonna remember you, she's been missing for three and a half weeks. Right. Like, I would have to, like, really, really hold myself back going into this room to see my daughter and not scream and cry and jump on top of her because Amber says they terrified me. Right. Because this is what's so interesting. She could remember her parents. Yeah. But her parents in her mind were the age that she was at about 12. Yeah. So imagine being like, what happened? Did you ever see that movie Flight of the Navigator? Of course. I love Flight of the Navigator. Right. But oh my God. When he comes down yeah. and his parents had aged, he's like, I don't know. I have chills yeah. in my arm. Yeah. I have yeah. chills right now. I mean, that just must be so scary. She recognized them, but she at the time didn't have memories beyond about 12 oh years my god, old. I did that. Putting it in that context is so real. But remember yeah. that Flight of the Navigator, my brothers and I loved Such that a good movie. movie. They had like, the family had like moved and the house looked different and yeah. everything looked different and they were just Also, were, what kind of dirtbag parents fucking move when your kid is missing? Jesus Christ. It was 12 years, Patrick. <laughs> Lay off. <laughs> Lola, you got 12 years, girl. You don't come back in 12 years. Your mom is fucking out of there. And you know what? No forwarding address. It's your own fault. <laughs> the Seegers spend the next few days slowly walking Amber through the last two decades of her life. They were explaining to me that I'd been missing and how long I'd been gone and how she had this angel pin. And I loved angels. I gave her the pin and I told her, Amber, told her why I'd worn it every day. And now you need to find yourself. So this is your angel pin now to help you find yourself. So they explain to her basically her life. They say, yeah. you were missing. Here are your children. She got about half an hour with each of her kids to be reintroduced to her children. I literally have the note, oh, she was abducted by aliens. Like, that's the only explanation. This is bananas. And this is what I was like, I believe her. This is, is actually a plot point on Breaking Bad. I don't remember all of the circumstances, but he, Walter White, he, like, in order to get out of some serious shit, he, like, pretended 
weird that he was in a fugue state. Right. A fugue state is when like you just don't remember shit. You know, it's like it's like what she's experiencing. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, I think I believe her. It just sounds so unbelievable and was a plot point on a major TV show. Right. So <laughs> the the actual definition, it's a dissociative disorder and it's a psychiatric disorder characterized by reversible amnesia for personal identity. So that can include memories, personality, and pretty much anything. And it can last for days or months or even longer. So it is a thing. Yeah. But there was a moment and I found tons of articles saying that she was faking, that she just needed a break. Yeah. And like, while that is all possible, when you kind of look at this woman's face, like the desperation in her face, could you imagine? No, but then also like, how would she have gotten to Joliet, Illinois? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you guys, they're never able to figure that out. And the thing that's so amazing is that she remembers leaving her apartment. If you remember, she was at home. Her kids were at her husband's house. She's at home in her one-bedroom apartment for five people. And by the way, thank goodness this happened while her kids were. I mean, obviously if she had this kind of snap or this unfortunate thing happen, I mean, thank God her kids weren't there. This is another thing that just doesn't make sense to me. Because she says that she has no memories beyond the age of 12 years old. Except she does remember leaving her house. Right. I remember going down to the car and getting there and realizing I'd left my phone upstairs. All I had grabbed was my keys and my wallet. I didn't see any reason to go back upstairs to grab my phone when I was only going to be gone for a few minutes. I went to the convenience store down the road. I picked up a couple of small things there and then that's it. It just stops. It's, it's like there's nothing else after that until I remember the hospital. The thing to note, be, having this kind of amnesia and fugue state or whatever, like you are in the moment, you are like functional and you are able to, because totally. somehow she drove yep. 600 fucking miles to this dollar general store, 30 miles from her parents' house, but has no memory of it. And the family is saying that this like fugue state can often be triggered by like a traumatic event. And so her mother is telling us that like, that Amber was starting to get back some memory right. of being in the parking lot of the Dollar General, and somebody grabs her shoulder. Amber, numerous times, has been very specific in a fear that a man walks up behind her, puts his left hand on her right shoulder, and spins her around. This is something new. I believe that somebody grabbed her from behind and either frightened her terribly or did something to her and she ran. And that's kind of it. Like, it ends with Amber saying to us, like, I refuse to think about that time. Like, it's so terrifying for her to think about the three and a half weeks that she was gone that she, like, isn't even really trying to get those memories back. Right. And so the only thing that I found was in 2009, Amber Gerwick is remembering a little bit more. She started with, like, the name and the car that she owns and she remembers some, like, stuff from her childhood. This is a quote from her. It says, not all of it is back obviously not there's still quite a bit missing i'll look at pictures and have no idea what i'm looking at until my kids tell me oh my god that's it so wow yeah i mean kind of a happy ending (laughs) totally i mean that's fun right (laughs) well say something really funny to make me laugh juliet (laughs) joe juliet Season 4, Episode 8, I think? I don't know. It's good. 
Did you watch the episode? No. No. <laughs> I just yes anded you yeah, for yeah, yeah, 50 yeah. minutes and just hope for the best. You guys, uh, if you want more Ellen and me, join us on the Patreon. We call it the Drama Club. You get three full bonus episodes every month. Right now, there's over 10 right there for you to grab right away. It's so funny. Don't you think some of our best stuff is on the Patreon? Yes, absolutely. You also get our Friday Night Live that we do every Friday night on the Instagram. You get that as a podcast on Monday morning. And girl, tell them about the trivia. Once a month, we do true crime trivia. Yeah, you just said it. <laughs> so you just said, tell them about it. And then you said it. So what am I here for? Well, let me tell you this. I don't even know if I told you this. We lined up our next special guest. Are you excited? Yeah, are you going to tell them who it is? No, we're going to wait. We'll tell you guys the week before. But a, you'll love it. It's going to be really, really good. Join us on the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash obsessed with disappeared. And the once a month trivia, that is all kinds of trivia. It is OWD trivia. It is true crime trivia. It's a little bit of trivia about any of the nonsense that Patrick and I say. So if you are a true listener, you will know all of these answers. You can play at home. We send out prizes. There's at-home winners. There's live winners. And I got to tell you, last time we had a lightning round because a couple of people got all the questions right in their round. The lightning round went on for like half an hour yeah. because these people were experts. We ran out of questions. I, know, I, know. I was like, what <laughs> kind of car do I drive? Like, I just couldn't think of anything. Also, you guys, join the Facebook group. It's the Obsessed with Disappeared podcast discussion group. Follow us on Instagram. It's the Disappeared Pod. You can follow Ellen Marsh uh, at Ellen Marsh. What's your damn TikTok? Ellen Marie Marsh. <laughs> I'm at Patrick Hines underscore on the Instagram and at Patrick Hines on the Twitter. Twitter. Aww. And that's it. We love you. We love you so much. All right. Bye. bye. Yeah, I have to carry the brunt of the comedy here. Brunt is one word I would use to describe you. What's a word that rhymes with brunt? I'm a cunt. <laughs> best names on the no. show. You know, I mean, that, that bar is so low, I nearly scuffed my shoes. <laughs> it's really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Oh, my God. All right. Juliet? It's Joliet. Yell at me one more time. Watch what happens. <laughs> Yell at me one more time. Keep antagonizing me. Go on. You guys, she is going to jump across this Yeah, table. I'm just going to hold my hand out. You throw your face against it because I'm fucking tired. It's a Sunday, okay? <laughs> It's my fault we're recording on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> that is an objective truth. You know what I mean? There's 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 always that fork. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. The road less traveled. Speaking about one. forking your ex-husband. Oh, you got new jokes today. Did you look him up at a little joke book? Did you look him up at a little joke book? 